Hello and welcome to Nursing Sound Reports, a podcast offered by the Iowa Board of Nursing. My name is Laura Hudson, Associate Director for the Board, and I'll be your host today. Welcome to the fourth and final INAP episode of the podcast. It is called Crossing the Finish Line, and today I'm welcoming back Michelle Royer, who is our INAP case manager at the Board, and she's going to be actually bringing us in the finish line and telling us a little bit about how it is for our participants to graduate. Welcome, Michelle. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Yes, you're welcome. If you would just briefly give a reminder to the listeners about your background and your involvement in the INAP program. So I am the INAP case manager, and I have worked for the board for about two and a half years, and I am a social worker. So you you have the credentials where you have helped people through in case management situations. We are fortunate to have Michelle and she helps us keep our participants uh, on track. So if you've been following along on our series, you would have listened to our previous episodes called Starting Up, Staying on Track, and Managing Struggles. These would have given you a basic understanding of how to report in the program, what the requirements are, and how to navigate common struggles. But Michelle, today you're going to tell us about um, successful uh, or getting through the program, crossing the finish line. So tell us a little bit about what uh, what's going on in this situation. Well, INAP is typically a three-year program. There are reasons that someone's contract may be extended by the committee. Um, the committee has kind of full discretion over that type of thing. If a participant returns to use during their contract um, and the committee reviews it, the committee then may determine you know, that they need to add some extra time onto the end of their contract. Okay, and I think Rhonda and I talked about it. In some states, five years is a contract, right? So right. here, here the, the fact that we're at three <clears throat> is not unusual, and it's not the furthest outlier. Right. The committee has the discretion about how long that contract is. What else should we know about that? Well, the committee does feel that relapse can be a part of recovery, and they don't want to kick people out of the program because they return to use, but they do need to make sure that our nurses are safe when they're practicing and that the public's safety is ensured. So they could include work restrictions for a period of time. They could um, ask for narcotics passing restrictions. We could follow up with increased testing or ask them to re-engage in treatment. Just to be clear here, say somebody gets three years down the line, they're doing well, but they're not quite finished. The committee might put them on another year of contract, and then we go through, and and that's just um, maybe something gets added on to what they've been doing. Is that right? Right. All right. So what about um, somebody being able to meet with those committee members while they're in the INAP program? What, What happens there? So we do meet with the committee quarterly, um, and we do want participants to come to those meetings. We have those scheduled, you know, quite a ways out. They do meet with graduates typically before they're done with the program, and we do have them meet with people who are struggling because the committee, some of them are in recovery themselves, so they have a lot of insight that has been helpful for our participants if they feel like they're struggling. But just with the numbers in the program, we can't get everybody in front of the committee every year, so sometimes I will meet with them via Zoom or Rhonda will meet with her participants via Zoom or if they're local, they can come into the office. We do like to try and, and see everybody at least once a year if possible. And uh, generally speaking, are we talking hundreds of participants or are not? I mean, does that vary? It varies. Yep, it does vary. So if we have a lot of graduates, you know, the numbers kind of go down. But as the self-reports increase, it just 
it kind of ebbs and flows. So there are, could be up to 100 active participants at a time. If they are, we, we've got these participants and people are coming and going as they graduate or go out of the program. So w- say they get to graduation, do they get to, do they get to see the committee before they graduate? Typically, yes. That is our goal, to get them before the committee for graduation. And what, say that, say we're at graduation, since this is crossing the finish line, I'm a participant and I come and I'm, I'm in front of the committee. What's the committee going to say? What, what will that meeting be like? Well, we would have you write up a self-assessment that you would read to the committee, kind of about your journey in INAP. We have noticed that, you know, a lot of people start the program, you know, kind of in crisis, right? They've had, you know, something's happened in their life that is, has brought them to this point. And so when they start the program, you know, there's always a little bit of anxiousness uh, going into it, the unknown. Um, you know, you've got to check in every day, you've got to test. Uh, it's just, it's recovery is a lot of work. So in the beginning, you know, people are, are always a little bit scared of what's going to happen. And as they move along in their recovery, um, pretty much everybody that's graduated has been thankful for the program. They did find their groove as they went on. It just takes a little bit of time. And so the committee just really likes to encourage them and to continue with treatment if needed, whether it's AA meetings or if it's therapy, whatever, in their future. That always is kind of determined by the participant and what they need to do for themselves. Okay. When is somebody officially graduated from the program? If they go through their contract and their three years is up and the committee feels like they're ready to graduate um, on their graduation day, we have the committee review that and give final approval for graduation. One of the things that happens while they are in the program is they're they're not a multi-state license, right? They They are a single state license. Um, but let's say we get done with the graduation and uh, we get to uh, licensure status. Do these, and this is the nurse licensure compact that I'm referring to, as far as the compact goes, do these licensees return to a multi-state status? Well, to be eligible for a multi-state license, you have to meet the uniform licensure requirements of the nurse compact. Things like felony convictions can cause you to remain single state. So that is kind of all determined after they get out of INAP and graduate, you know, those types of things, those, those uniform licensure requirements needs to be met before they can be returned to a multi-state license. And if they move, if, if they end up moving to another state, what, I mean, what happens for these nurses? Do they need to report what they've been doing or what has happened along the line? If you need to move to another state while you're in INAP, you would need the approval of the committee to finish the program out of state. You would need to seek licensure directly from that other state. You would have to disclose your participation in INAP, and you would likely have to join their monitoring program. And then you would do their program primarily if you lived in that state, but you would still be required to do INAP secondarily. And what happens when a contract expires? Um, Once you graduate, you're no longer monitored by INAP. So we send you a discharge letter and we close out your case. Wonderful for those nurses who are able to get through that. What happens for these individuals who might have issues with their sobriety or mental health in the future? So if a future board complaint is submitted against you, you can reapply for INAP if you've completed the program successfully. Uh, The committee would determine if you were eligible to be accepted back into the program. And if not, what happens then? If the committee wouldn't agree to accept you back into the program, then you would need to follow through with the enforcement unit of the board. 
Right, and for the public's benefit, the enforcement unit is our discipline arm of the board. That is, um, the goal is that we obviously get them through graduation and that these are lifetime changes for these participants. And thanks to the work of you and Rhonda Ruby, we we do have a very successful INAP program, and nurses benefit greatly from that participation. That's it. We're going to wrap up today. This is the end of our INAP podcast series. And we hope that you have a better understanding of how INAP works and if it could work for you or somebody you know. Michelle, you have any closing thoughts for us? Just if you do have questions about the INAP program, feel free to give us a call. Okay, and where would they find that information? On the Board of Nursing website. That would be nursing.iowa.gov is the board's website. And anything related to the Iowa Nurse Assistance Program has its own tab on the board's website, and you can click on that to learn more if need be. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. I want to thank our listeners today for joining us. And please make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes of the Nursing Sound Reports offered by the Iowa Board of Nursing. You can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, or Amazon. And we welcome your feedback and comments through the our email address, bondpodcast at iowa.gov. That's B-O-N-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at iowa.gov. Thanks for joining us. Until next time.